Hello there, friend, and welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll already know that I am I am very passionate about educating people, women in particularly, about money, about building long-term wealth and investing in income-producing assets. Of course, if you are new to this podcast, then let me tell you that you're in for a treat because I am so excited about this episode, as I am obviously about all of the episodes that I create. Uh, But today's episode in particular, I am going to be introducing you to a wonderful, wonderful lady by the name of Mish Daniels. Mish is an extraordinary woman who I have had the pleasure um, to work with through investing in commercial property. Her story is truly inspiring, and she's also the founder of Revolve Commercial, who are based in Queensland and help everyday Australians build wealth through investing in commercial property. Mish shares my passion uh, when it comes to helping people to learn and to simplify how to invest in commercial real estate. She has over 30 years experience in this industry. And as you will hear very shortly, she is just a wealth of knowledge. So if you are curious to learn more about commercial real estate, you're going to want to stick around for this episode and you're going to love it. So let's get into it. Let's go. Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, your go-to resource for bite-sized lessons, stories, and tips on financial education and investing. I am your host, Anna Pereira, and I am a self-taught investor, money strategist, and I am the boss of my money. I'm here to help you make sense of money using easy and simple language so you can feel empowered and confident to make money work for you. Okay, well, good morning, Mish, and welcome to the Money Mindset podcast. I am so delighted to to have you here. And um, as I've sort of, you know, briefly said uh, before, as we were chatting, I created this podcast really for for people, uh, women especially, who wish to develop their financial education because, of course, money and financial matters are simply not taught to us at school. So I am so grateful to have this opportunity to speak with you today because I know that financial empowerment and financial education um, is something that you are also really passionate about. So to begin and kick us off, I'd love for you to just, you know, tell us a, a little bit about your story and about your background and how, you know, what led you to come to Australia? Ah, well, firstly, hi, Anna. Hi, everybody. And thank you very much for the opportunity and the invitation to come and speak to you about it. Um, it's an absolute privilege to be here. Um, so I guess um, just to answer your question, going back how, how I ended up uh, in Australia is uh, I'm from South Africa, from Cape Town in South Africa. And uh, many years ago, I realized that the governance in South Africa wasn't going in the, in the direction that it should be going or, or you know, I could feel that things were slipping and sliding. So at the fresh young age of 22, I started um, investing in residential properties. Um, and at the same time, I was building up businesses. So I was in manufacturing businesses. 
And I used to manufacture under license to big brand names, eventually Adidas, Puma, Reebok, um, National, um, Caltex. Uh, so we had huge contracts and I ran three or four businesses while I was built. So, so that, the long story short is um, my, it was my dream to retire at the age of 45. And I basically spent my entire life doing whatever I am. Now, I just want you guys to know that um, I don't come with certificates and and, and uh, long educations. I'm not from a legal background or anything. My father was a builder. I spent a lot of time with him as a kid, going from property to property. I had an enormous um, uh, retention of the information that he was imparting with me. And I learned all of this as a young child. And when I, 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 when I became an adult, I thought, I love I love properties. So I started buying properties and every single property I bought, I would renovate, I'd add value to, and I'd double, I would double the, the value of the property. Answer is um, at the age of, age of 45, I was traveling between South Africa and Australia quite a lot. Mm. Um, and I was actually engaged me to consult for them in Australia. Um, so I was, I was moving between the two countries quite a lot. And eventually they said, look, they're going to take somebody on permanently. Here's an opportunity. Do you want to move to Australia? And I, I kind of went back and thought hard about it. Um, and things in South Africa were really not going well. Um, my, one of my factories had been burnt down. Um, I was shot at. I landed up in a wheelchair. I spent three years learning to, to walk again. Wow. Um, and it was kind of like the, the you know, <laughs> the it was the universe saying to me, it's time to go. I had two beautiful young blonde children, two little girls, and I thought, you know what, um, it's a massive, massive, massive undertaking to move countries because it means that I would leave my entire portfolio, my, all my wealth behind, and I'd have to start all over again because the Rand, Rand dollar exchange rate was 1 to 11, which meant that by the time I arrived in Australia, my money was worth 8% of the value of what it was worth in South Africa. Wow. So I basically gave away 92% of my, my state of the value of my money to move to Australia. So we started out here with ground zero. Wow. Okay. Um, and when I arrived, I thought, well, I've, I've come uh, to work in Australia and it was on a 457 visa, which is a working visa. It's not a very nice visa in, a, in, a, in an environment, in a, an industry that I don't really know or like. Um, but it's given me the opportunity to be here, to bring my family and to start fresh. Yeah. I had no idea how I was going to do this. And I thought, well, I know property, so I'm getting back into property. Mm. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and when I got out there, I, I didn't know this before, but Australia being a very uh, real estate centric country, all the good strategies are being done. Mm. <laughs> Everybody's on them and everybody is doing residential. So I must say for the first year or two, I was sitting on a pile of cash, but I didn't want to go and put it into anything because I needed to learn. I needed to, to know more about the culture, about, about you know the Australian way. So I spent the first two years educating myself in Australian um, uh, legal um, systems, real estate, and um, and through business, um, I'd owned warehouses and industrial properties in South Africa, um, and I kind of um, uh, ran into 
um, commercial and found out that I could invest in commercial. And I thought, no brainer, been doing it for so many years. Uh, that's where I went into. So I started straight away. People saw what I was doing. And within 18 months, people were saying to me, gee, Mish, how did you do that so quickly? And I was wow. earning cash flow. I was I was turning my 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 hard-earned dollars into $120,000 income in one year. Wow. Um, that, so you started when you came to Australia and the the capital that you brought over with you from South Africa, did you invest it in resi here or you went straight into commercial? I invested it. I needed to put a roof over my, my kids' wow. heads. So we bought a very um, moderate home, a very a small uh, home, and it was enough you know, just to house the family. Mm -hmm. And I was I was having a look at our cash flow. And what also happened is we couldn't get all our money out of South Africa at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we it was coming out in little chunks. So the first chunk I thought, well, okay, let's let's get into a good home. I had a job so I could put food on the table. Um, and it was it was actually quite funny because well it wasn't funny at all, but uh, <laughs> in retrospect, we were we were living from hand to mouth. Yeah. And it was kind of like a fall from grace because, you know, I had effectively retired at the age of 45 wow. and moved to, to a foreign country with nothing. We knew nobody. We had nothing. We started all over. And we were actually living off the back of the till slips, you know, the cold till, the cold till slips. Yeah. They have specials and freebies. Why yes, <laughs> yes. two get one free? Yes, yes. And we, we literally were living from hand to mouth yeah. for the first six to 12 months that we were here wow. because we couldn't get our money out of South Africa. We That's all we could afford. Um, we weren't allowed to, to invest in anything else but um, a primary residential. And in hindsight, it was probably very good because it forced me to look at the market and it forced me to go and learn, see and do and and network and meet people you know Amazing. so it it really was a fall from grace yeah. um, and in retrospect i'm really pleased that um we started off that way yeah and i guess how, how did you view coming from south africa and the types of properties that people would buy there be it resi or be it commercial uh, how did that differ from then what you saw in australia look um, they they're two very very different countries. In us in, in South Africa, you would never buy a property next to um, uh, land, open land, so next to parks. Mm. Um, however, in in Australia, if you're buying a property next to an open park or overlooking uh, water or something like that, it's really good high value. In South Africa, you'd never buy a property close to uh, public um, public amenities, close to shops, close to yeah. Um, uh, stations, bus routes, anything like that. Um, and your listeners are probably asking why. Yeah. Uh, and it's because they were too, because your property was way too vulnerable. So it would be too easily accessible right. if you were on the transport routes. So you really wanted to be away from the transport routes so that you weren't easily accessible. Whereas in Australia, it's the complete reverse. Yes. You want to be close to the schools, the shops, the ho the hospitals, the transport routes. So it was, it, it really was a very good, it was a good thing for me to learn that yeah. about what is desirable mm. in terms of residential property. The magic came in to a commercial property because the minute 
uh, I looked at commercial property, I thought, hell, there is no difference between commercial property here or in another country because commercial property is all about the numbers. Mm-hmm. When you're buying a commercial property, you're doing the due diligence on the building, the structure, the surrounds, um, the tenants, and the numbers. Yeah. Okay, and the numbers speak for themselves. And I very quickly figured out that we could grow our, our um, our portfolio very fast by understanding those numbers. I could grow our portfolio very fast by buying the right assets in commercial. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And how did so you acquire that? How did you acquire that knowledge? Like, was it just through speaking to commercial real estate agents? Was it just reading a, books? How how did you gain that knowledge on on understanding the commercial space? Um, so the short answer is um, being in business in in commercial, understanding that I owned quite a lot of commercial in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned in South Africa and, and being in it and um, having my businesses in commercial properties, I knew very fast, okay. um, very quickly how it worked from a rental point of view, from a tenant point of view, and also from an ownership point of view. So I had a very wide perspective over everything. And when I looked at the Australian market, I thought it's exactly the same. It's identical. So it's all about the numbers. Um, however, I'm not going to be arrogant by saying that I knew it all. I I, I went diving headfirst into commercial and I went looking hunting, searching everything, every single book I could find, every single mentor I could find, every single podcast I could find, every single uh, workshop. Um, and I was I was just like a huge big sponge. I was just soaking in the information from everywhere because I wanted to know, I wanted to know if there's anything that I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that in commercial you can never know everything. Yeah, absolutely. Because Every single asset is different and every single client's client's requirement and every single tenant is different. Yeah. You know. So it's um if you if you love the space of growth, fast development, this is the space to be in. Yeah. It's ever changing. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree completely. Um, I think it's always really important that you know when we're whatever asset, real estate, you know, you absolutely need to soak in as much knowledge before diving headfirst. Um, you know, I always sort of have a bit of a philosophy around anything I kind of invest in, which is always you know, always only only invest what you're willing to lose, um, and you know, ensure that you have absolutely got as much ask all the questions you know like we never you know wisdom knowledge can come from you know asking the right questions and you know mm-hmm. wisdom comes from implementing the, the knowledge gained you know absolutely. so it's it's until you you're not going to ever know everything you can only acquire as much knowledge as possible but it's until you get you know your your um your foot in the foot in the door and get you know your the skin in the game as as the mm-hmm. books call it um, that's that's where the learning really happens, isn't it? Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't yeah. agree with you more. So it's, yeah. What would what would you say, I guess, for someone who is totally new to the commercial property space or commercial property world, um, what would you say is important to know? Like you must research before thinking about it. Okay, so um first things first is get education, get educated, find out about it. Um, find out whether it is something that you can um, deal with because 
I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Commercial property is not for everybody. Absolutely. Okay. It is, um, it, it, I've always said that buying a commercial property is a little bit like giving birth to a child. Mm. <laughs> you know, you go through the process and you're learning and you're feeling and you're seeing and whatever. And when that child comes, when you go and get into labor, it's like when you go on contract, it is painful. Yeah. You've got to go through the due diligence. You've got to run the numbers. You've got to do everything. You've got to do the, 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 tenant interviews you are on a search you're on a hunt for red flags okay yeah. and it's it really is um i've had clients that have that that have got to a point and they say oh mesh we can't do this anymore and i say no you can we almost <laughs> there we're gonna finish this and you're gonna be happy and the day that property settles yeah. is like such a huge relief yeah and tenant the the, the <laughs> my clients are just so excited they, yeah. they're just like wow this is amazing because the day that you settle is the day that you get paid yes and yeah. the rental starts coming in coming it's like in wow away. this is like magic yes yeah, so the three things you need to know is number one get educated number two uh what your budget is mm -hmm. so your budget is going to be depending on on what equity you're going into the market with and number three fundamentally what type of commercial um, is it that interests you? Is it office type? Is it industrial? Is it retail? And in all three of those sectors, you've got subsectors as well. I won't go into that now because um, I'll, I'll take, I'll probably take another three hours of your time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It, when it comes to commercial, it really is a an area that so many people, I think, are, are finally starting to be open to. And mm -hmm. then, you know, because it really is such an entirely new world, like the way that the value, uh, whether it's a bank or whether the way that, you know, you would look when people, I guess, are like, well, I've, you know, inv I've invested in residential. It, it's a completely different ballpark. It's a different checklist. Um, it's, you're looking at it completely different. You're not looking at, you know, the necessarily just the growth. You're you're wanting to get that yield. And and that's what, you know, I felt was just such a like wow moment for for James and I um, was to to see how quickly, you know, your wealth can just skyrocket um, by first of all ensuring that you've picked the right asset. So it's not about just going, oh, well, these numbers look really great and they stack up and wow, we could make so much money really quickly. It's about ensuring that it's the right asset. It's the, you know, that your intentions right. with that property are, are, are in alignment with your ultimate goal, whether that be financial independence, whether that be, you know, generational wealth, whatever it might be. So, and I love 100%. that. Yeah. And so it's so important to have the right guidance. And I'm, and I'm so grateful that we had you with us to, to guide you. us because you know, even though James had a residential property background for, for so many years, um, yeah. you know, and, and we both are really good at investing in, 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 in residential, um, we knew immediately. And so we, we didn't go in with that arrogance of, oh, well, we already know all these things. We were yeah. very yeah. much open and uh, open to listening and to learning from you as much as we could. And mm, yeah, the more we learned, the more we were like, wow, this is just like an entirely new space. <laughs> it it's is. It's an exciting space. <laughs> it's, it's a really exciting space. When you get into it, it's super exciting. And I think that the part that um, and James really plugged into was where you can create additional value. Yes. And the beautiful thing about commercial is there's so many areas where you can create additional value, whether it's in your leases, your incremental increases, your additional space. 
Um, you know, if you, you're adding signage to your to your, your property, your tenants themselves, upgrading the property, attracting better tenants, there's a there's a whole plethora of areas where you can add that additional value, you know, um, by just focusing on the property that you have on hand. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I know that today, I guess, you know, from the time that, you know, you've, you've first started investing in commercial yourself um, to, I guess, where you are now, what, um, I mean, what sort of time are we talking, like, because Revolve Commercial, you're all over Australia now, you've got um, buyers agents as well all over Australia. I guess you're you're most you're most mostly focused on Queensland in the Queensland market. Yeah, uh, and what happened uh, uh, due to COVID, post COVID, is we were pretty much locked down in in the best state, Queensland, um, during that time. And Queensland, as everybody knows, went absolutely gangbusters. Yeah. You know, everybody wanted to move to Queensland. There was a there was a huge drive in Queensland. Our COVID numbers were very very low. We could still move around. Um, so. From Revolve Commercial's point of view, we just exploded with uh, with interest and with properties. So um, we still kind of in the in the tail end of that when we we're doing a, a huge amount of um, acquisitions in Queensland. Um, and the beautiful thing is, halfway through that, of course, Brisbane uh, got the announcement of the Olympics. Yes. So there's there's a wealth of of development that's happening in um, southeast Queensland and the rest of, of Queensland as well. But that's that's happening in little bubbles around the rest of the country. So um, we do we do look at the rest of the country as well. And you were asking me with regards um, from the time where we started to where we are now, it's been quite a journey yeah. um, because I started the business uh, about in 2016, at the end of 2016 as well so I started off as as um, fast track commercial and then we went uh, I, I went out to Mish Daniel commercial and about a year two years ago I decided I just wanted to uh, build the business up scale up and we changed the brand to revolve commercial which was probably one of the best things that we ever did yeah um, and as a result of that yes we've attracted a lot of buyers agents uh, we've attracted a lot of attention and um, we can service and help more people. I was I was doing more mentoring, and as a result, a lot of people want mentoring, but they also want the acquisitions. Mm -hmm. So now we do the acquisitions, and you get the mentoring free of charge. Yeah, <laughs> so if you're going to come on board with yeah. me, I, I say to all my clients, you need to learn. You need to learn. You need to know about your investment, you need to know how it works. So we give you a free online uh, education program and you get involved with everything that we do. I've also gone into syndicates. So um, we find assets that are really great, um, you know, a, a better class asset. And I can see that we can add value for our, our investors. So we invite everybody that's in the inner circle. That's a part of the um, you know, either the VIP club or the investors club or as, as a client uh, that you can join me on one of the um, joint ventures yeah. and we run those joint ventures. We make sure that um, you get your, your money out of it. We make sure that they're good places. And it's, it's kind of for your, your nervous investor who wants to get into commercial but doesn't really want to do it themselves or they're not ready to do it themselves. So they can come in with us, they can see how it's done, they get the education, 
they run through the 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 entire program and uh, process with us and um they come out all the better at the end of the program on the other side Amazing. I I love that you brought up syndicates because I know that that's an area that I think a lot of people probably listening are going, what's that? So, I mean, I think it'd be great if we could kind of, you know, do another uh, podcast uh, lesson (laughs) where we, I guess, open people up to these different ways because of different ways of investing. And especially when, when it comes to real estate, so many people, you know, I know that obviously, yes, you definitely need to have that capital behind you when starting out in commercial. um, But learning more about when I started really learning about syndicates, I was like, this is an incredible way of people who don't have, you know, that partnership in a husband Mm. and wife team or don't have the the financial backing and just, you know, they're like, they want to get their foot in the door and they want to learn, but they also want to be guided. And, um, you know, there's still obviously still risks and all that involved in everything anyone does, but I like the idea of syndicates. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, the nice thing about the syndicate is um, we've been doing this for for a long time. I mean, I've I've been I've been investing in property for over thirty five years. Wow. You know, and I I can see the risks before we even get into the property. It literally takes me five minutes to go through um, any properties. I, I I'd probably review about twenty properties a morning, and I can go through them and I can tell you yes, worth going or no, don't. You know, yeah. in and out. So so that's how quickly. You know, it's it's like anything. You know, it's like it's like a basketball player. The more you play, the more hoops you're going to get. Yes, yeah. So it's exactly the same. And we see these amazing assets. Um, and the the opportunity is well, why not share with the investors who don't want to do it themselves? And you know, we've got quite a lot of people in the syndicates who are good investors themselves who have got great portfolios. Um, but they want to come in because they don't want to do the work. They can see the the advantage of you know of being in the syndicate. We're doing the work. They get to learn why because any any property that you're buying Absolutely. into, of course, there are risks involved. We make you very aware of what those risks are. And nine times out of ten, it's just that um, the market turns, the market changes, whatever it is. At the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, you get your money back. You know. Um, or we or we 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 go to strategy number two. So generally, we've got about three strategies, mm-hmm. and we'll adopt A, B, or C. Yeah, you know. Like that. So um, yeah, and they they're really exciting because it's it's lovely having many many people on board with us. You know, and um, everybody's inputs. Yeah, love that. Thank you for sharing that because, yeah, I think um, syndicates are a great way of, and I think more people should be open to just learning a bit about it and understanding how they work and, and like you sort of said, understanding what those strategies are in place because I have heard, you know, um, we, we definitely did our research, even doing our research on the different types of, you know, um, commercial buyers and property buyers and residential buyers that are out there and there is a lot of them now, you know, a lot of real estate agents that have kind of gone, well, hang on, I'm, instead of instead of working for the for the seller, I'll work for the buyer instead. It's a lot more fun to help someone find a deal. And it, um, mm. I know it can definitely become almost like addictive, hey, where it's you're like, oh, we're trying to find that next great deal as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if there, if there are people out there that want to be buyer's agents, make contact with us, really. Reach out, make contact with us. If, if, uh, if you've got what it takes, we're always looking for people in various different places all over the place conversations amazing I love that I'd love for you if you could share perhaps a favorite or a really memorable investment deal that whether it's your own one or one that you've done that you've worked on with a client (laughs) wow 
we've got so many. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you about one of the absolute successes. Um, it was just before COVID, so it was probably at the end of 2019. Um, I was busy negotiating a shopping centre for one of my clients, and um, the seller um, was a little bit reluctant to sell. She was a bit stuck on the price, but she'd owned the property for about 10 years, and she really wasn't looking after the property, slacked off buying signals. Mm -hmm. I go out looking for those types of owners, those types of properties, where she's tired, she's in her mid-60s, she wants to retire, you know, she's kind of, the tenants are a little bit hacked off with her. And I just think, Bing, I can fix that. Mm. So there we go. So we started negotiating and um, she was kind of stuck on her price. She wanted 2.8 million. We put offers in, she turned it down and this kind of went back and forward. And while all this was happening, COVID was busy happening. And the next minute the shutdowns came in, it was around about March 2020, if I remember correctly. Uh, so we were negotiating that long. It was from about October about uh, that long and I was just watching her and I was watching the property and I was watching the market at the same time so just watching everything that was going on observing quietly in the background mm -hmm. and we went back in and we made another offer and somebody else pipped us to the post and came in for a hundred thousand more um, and that offer I think was at about 2.4 million so she'd already dropped 400,000. Wow. And I went back to the agent and um, inquired about the property. And he said, nope, they're still going ahead. But if it falls over, I said to him, if it falls over, come back to me, mm. which it did. Mm. It fell over. And that was the happiest day. Wow. Uh, long story short, I went and made a really cheeky offer and I offered her 1.9 million. <laughs> 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 to which she didn't even answer. Oh, she, wow. she was so insulted she wouldn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, what was happening is her tenants stopped paying rent. Her tenants were all oh, falling over. Her right. tenants, there was no communication going on between her and the tenants. Nobody knew what was going on. Everybody was kind of, you know, this COVID thing. Nobody knew what, what to do wow. in, in times of COVID. And um we eventually, I eventually went back to her and I said, look, let's let's be reasonable over here. And she counter-offered at 2.2. Uh, Long story short, the negotiation dragged on right through until May wow. of that year. And we bought that property for 2 million and 75. Wow. Wow. And what and what kind of like just I guess so that people can have an understanding of why I get so excited about commercial is what sort of cash flow, net cash flow are we talking about on, on a space like that? Okay, so just to, to so that I put it in context, what had happened is um, we had to climb in there and we had to go and work with all the the um, the tenants and we had to, uh, a lot of the tenants wanted to get out of their leases. Right. We had to go, we did a lot of cleanup. It took us about six to nine months to clean up um, the, the destruction that had happened in that period. And the cash flow that was coming out of that property, that property is now worth, we had it reevaluated at 3.5 million. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, it's unbelievable. And the cash flow that's coming out of there is probably about 240, 250,000. Wow. It's back that's, up to, up to that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That so, is phenomenal. <laughs> look, <laughs> that, was, that was circumstantial. Yes. That, that was just a, a lucky gold nugget. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the, the lesson in that one is tenacity. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, back in South Africa, they used to call me Pitbull Terrier. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> you stayed on her. You did not let her go. <laughs> That's it. We just yeah. stayed there. We just stayed there yeah. and we just played in the space and stayed yeah. there forever. We just yeah. kept on going back and going back. So, um, you know, that, that was really one of the good stories. Yeah. And I guess yeah. it's also the fact that, like, even before you've sort of said the price, like, for me, it, it's listening to the fact that you can spot an opportunity rather than an asset almost, you know, like you saw that yeah. this is a place that was tired, that if you just applied the right strategies to this property, that you could, you know, clean it up, fix it up, get it revalued and, you know, and you're ultimately uplifting the the community that it's in and uplifting the area, uplifting, you know, the, the, the tenants that are in there and just creating something, taking something that looks tired and perhaps people wouldn't want to shop there and taking that to some to something that people would want to come back and visit. It really is a matter of um, of knowing what you're looking at, yeah. having having the foresight to see how you can turn it around, uh, and the strategy of that application. You know, of applying the the correct strategy to um, to do all of that. Yeah. Um, and I and I guess uh, and that's why I say rule number one. You know, don't try and do this alone. Yeah. You know, books, get a mentor, get get somebody to teach you how to do it. You you've got somebody who's holding your hand. Yeah. You know, absolutely. No every- matter how I agree hundred percent. Like we we would not have known what to do and we wouldn't have known what to we just probably wouldn't have bought as as well as we have in the commercial property that we invested in, um, had we not had that guidance. And yeah, I think that is yeah. so so and, important. And and I think there's there's a huge amount of fear around you know around doing this and 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 I must say 90% of the clients that I deal with are super um they super scared you know yeah. they really really are scared and it's Absolutely. it's it's like stepping into the unknown and it's difficult for my clients because my my clients have to trust me and I I need to build that trust in them to say you know I've been doing this for 35 years I do this with my eyes closed I know that the steel's going to stack up and this is how we're going to do it. So yeah. getting them to understand that. And I remember really good questions. Yes. Um, and I was explaining to them how we would get the property to where it needs to needs to be in order to make it a viable, you know, uh, acquisition for you. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thank you so much. That was just, yeah, so much that we've, we've learned through you and through that whole process and took the most away from it was just the clarity of mine in seeing how um, how a person can actually create um, financial, you know, create financial independence and create financial wealth. Cool. It's, a, it's yeah. another wealth building vehicle, you know, so um, uh, spread your eggs. People don't really understand is the lovely thing about commercial is that it's bricks and mortar? Mm. That it's an it's it's an existing building. It's what you do with that building yeah. is where you're going to create your value. Yeah. And the difference between commercial versus residential is got a roof over the head. You know, tenants a period of time. Let's say a twelve month lease. Okay, those tenants effectively are not doing the upkeep of the property. They're not doing the outgoings. They're not paying the the maintenance and all of that. You are paying for the insurance, the outgoings, the maintenance. Yes, they are paying for the the consumable outgoings, but they're not paying for um, all the the gross outgoings, okay? Whereas in commercial, 
90% of the times and, the, and the, the, the types of deals that we like to go after are the ones where you've got a net income, so a net value, where the tenant is actually paying for all the outgoings. So even if it is a gross lease, which often we do have, we just make sure that the net value is the value of the asset and the tenant, although it's gross, the tenant is still inadvertently paying for those outgoings. Okay, so what I mean by that is you've got your incremental increases, you've got your um, your insurance, your land tax, your, your um, uh, capital insurance, often your building maintenance and all of that is factored in to your leases or into your, your gross so that it's covered off and your net income is true net cash in your pocket. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in residential, that that cash element is diminished by the fact that you're paying all the outgoings on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. It's especially when, yeah, when you consider that it's, it's cashing. Yeah. It's, it's the true definition of cash flow because yes, your, your tenant, your tenants um, are paying for all of those outgoings. And that's where I was like, Oh, that's exciting because there is never, you know, an additional, or even just dealing with strata and, and things like that. It's just like all of that's yeah. wiped away. It's like, nope, the tenant, the tenant takes care of all of that. And I mean, and I own a childcare center, so I, I know what it's like to be the tenant as well and ah. to, to have to be the one investing in someone else's property. And I'm just leasing the property, but it's Ouch. my job to, to be paying for the maintenance for a brand new fence, for you know, brand new grass for a new awning. Like that's all as, as the tenant of a childcare center, that's my job. That's my responsibility. Uh, but the, the landlord ultimately doesn't, you know, they're the ones ultimately reaping the rewards because if I decide to move out, I can't really take the awning and the grass and the, and the things with me. Yeah, so what are you going to do with it? Where are you going to put it? <laughs> yeah. But you ultimately know. as the tenant, that's adding value to my business. So it's, it's, it's a win-win really for, for both. So Yes. We have taken Look, up we, so much of your time already. Um, sorry, I don't know if you want to say something else, but I've just been conscious of the time. This for, like I said, another three hours. <laughs> I mean, the, a commercial is just such a huge topic. There's so many things to it. You were touching on, um, you know, as the tenant, you adding value. Now, the one thing, and again, the difference between residential versus commercial is when, you, when you've got a residential, your tenants are not going to add value to, to the house, yes, to their absolutely. home. You know, they might clean up the garden or do the gardening or something like that. But if they want a porch out the back, you're going to have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. If they want fly screens, you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. You know, if they want, you know, uh, any, any sort of those kind yeah. of things, you've got to pay for that. Yeah. Whereas in commercial, you've got your tenants that need to have an, an awning because it's, it's beneficial to their their business. They're going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Or um, I had a tenant that wanted a mezzanine floor in it, and I said, "Well, what's the value in me putting it in there? You want the mezzanine floor in? Yeah. Put it in, and you know we'll work it out." They paid for it. Yeah. There's yeah. there's all these additional things. What happens is when they move out, they're not going to take the mezzanine floor with them. Yep. It's just added to uh, to to the gross rental area, you know, to the GFA of the value of the property. So your tenants, if you've got good tenants, they're constantly adding value to whatever they're putting in there. Yeah, which uh, you can't you can't get that in residential. Show you in terms of numbers the difference between and if we if we've got a comparison on our website. In yeah. fact, 
um, where uh, we compare a residential of about 580,000 to, to a commercial of 580,000. We run through all of the numbers and at the bottom we show what the cash flow is. Okay. So, um, right. Well, perhaps I can link that into the show notes and yes. um, I'll also, of course, link up your website because I know that you have a lot of fantastic uh, resources on there as well that people can, can learn off. And I'll even like tag some other podcasts that if anyone who is already kind of ready and, and, and keen to get started in investing in commercial and perhaps just want to listen to more of the other podcasts that I know you've been on, um, I'll tag those in, in there as well because you are just such a wealth of knowledge and I love that you know you are so passionate about uh, not just you know investing in in commercial but also in providing the knowledge and helping people really understand what it is that they're investing into and understanding their goals understanding you know okay that's the goal how are we actually going to get there um, and understanding what intention and what and how that can align how how investing in commercial space can align with their goals so Absolutely. thank you so much for for what you do um, not just for, you know, uh, providing so much of your time and invaluable knowledge that you've gained with, and sharing that with me today uh, and, to, and to my listeners, but um, also, yeah, just being, being here and, and being part of, part of the collective world. Uh, and Absolutely. as a woman, especially, this is where I felt it was just like, oh, I was just like in awe of you because I was like, there, it's, it's such a male-dominant space. Well, to, it is. To have you be here and be present, I was just like, yes, there is like that. There's a woman <laughs> that can show other women that, you know, it's possible um, yes. that, you know, you, you, we, we need to take up more space. We need to stop thinking that we, we totally. can't, that we don't understand, um, that we need to take up space. Totally. Absolutely. We are very capable of doing this. There are not enough women in the commercial space. So I would gladly uh, love to um, help as many as many women as possible. And in fact, somebody once interviewed me a little while ago and they said, what is your dream? And I said, my dream is to, is to people a year, at least a thousand people a year. And if those thousand people are women, even better. Better, amazing. Thank yes. you so, Empowering so much, women. Mish. <laughs> Thank you so much um, for your time today. And I yeah, absolutely would love the opportunity to... Um, to have you on again and to perhaps yeah speak a bit more to help people uh, understand i'll make sure that my listeners ask any questions that uh, that they may have uh, on areas that they want to learn more about uh, so thank you so much once again for being here today you're welcome anna thank you very much for um having me and um yes for reaching out thank Absolutely. you Absolutely. thank a pleasure. you once again take speak soon <laughs>